A couple of years later, Dawn and I are at the BBC. We've been given an office here to write our second series. The first series went out on BBC Two and was met with mixed reviews, as they say. But thankfully, in those days, the powers that be held their nerve and gave you a second chance. We were still learning, and the chances of getting it right first time were slim. Especially if, like us, you thought you knew it all and were not going to be told. We had developed the French and Saunders characters, which was a plus. I was the misguided, bossy and generally cross one, and Dawn was the cheeky, subversive upstart. I was the one who thought she was a star, and Dawn was the one who managed to upstage me at every given opportunity, and nothing has changed. We had decided to base the first series in a studio as if we were producing our own variety show. Let the variety begin, we would say, before introducing a troupe of dancers, led by the superb comedienne Betty Marsden, who would flap their way through a clog dance to the tune of Windmill in Old Amsterdam, accompanied by our house band Raw Sex. Raw Sex was Simon Brint and Roland Rivron. They played a father and son, Ken and Dwayne Bishop. Ken, Simon, played the keyboards and was deaf, and Dwayne, Roland, played the bongos and acted hideously drunk, often actually drunk. After they had been seen live, the stage described them as musicians of almost indescribable sleaziness and technical incompetence who reduced electronics to the status of the bow and arrow. They were perfect for our show, which, we had decided, should be us looking like we didn't know what we were doing and producing something that didn't look like television, and we succeeded on both counts. It wasn't awful, but we knew it could be a lot better. In trying to make it simple, we overcomplicated it. There were some good sketches and characters, plus we'd managed to persuade Alison Moyer and Joan Armour Trading to be our musical guests, but there was also way too much faffing about and way too much bad dancing. Still, we were learning. For the second series, we got Bob Spears on board to direct. Bob really knew what he was doing. Bob was a legend at the Beeb. He'd worked on everything from Are You Being Served to Faulty Towers. He knew the studios inside out, and on a studio recording evening, could genuinely boast that if we started at 7.30, we could be in the bar two hours later. As well as French and Saunders, Bob went on to direct most of Absolutely Fabulous, and rare was the time we were not necking a bevy by 9.30. He was fast and really clever. He never missed a shot or left a joke uncovered. So, we were in our little room, our little office room, I have arrived late, which is customary. Mobile phones haven't been invented yet, so I haven't been able to ring in with an excuse. Even if they had just been invented, chances are that Dawn wouldn't have one. It took quite a long while to persuade Dawn to the mobile, and I have never been able to persuade her to the computer. She doesn't use one. You can't email Dawn French off the television. She is untouched by Google, Facebook, Twitter. I envy her that. My computer is the, is the friend who knows I have to work but tries to tempt me to bunk off. It's the girl sitting next to me in class that puts her desk lid up and is trying to distract me with pictures of David Cassidy. Stop it, computer! I know there are funny things on YouTube with kittens. I know you have solitaire and Sudoku and angry birds, but I have work. I have to do this thing. Leave me alone or I'll be forced to go back to the typewriter.
I mean, that at least cuts out the printing stage. Printers who refuse to print and won't let you know their name. Printers who can't come online and run out of ink even when there is ink in them. You know there is ink in them because you bought that ink and it costs more than caviar. It has a cartridge of beluga fitted and it still refuses to print anything but light the grey. So you end up just hitting it and hating it as it takes four sheets of paper through at a time and then gets jammed. Yeah, actually, I might go back to the typewriter. Anyway, anyway, so here we are, sitting, trying to think up ideas. Every journalist asks, how do you think up your ideas? And the answer is, you just think them. I suppose the real answer is by, by talking, not writing, and largely by playing. We play until we have something that works and makes us laugh. We play. We make up characters and voices and use people we've seen and lines we've heard and then we play them into a sketch. I think how comedy works...